Cool Hand Podcast, something you got to deal with. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host. My name is Q. We have uh, some very special guests, um, not in the building, not in my building, in their building more so. <laughs> but uh, this is a band that I've seen three times at this point, um, and every performance have, has gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say that. Not that you guys were like bad the first time, but your, <laughs> your performance <laughs> right. continued to elevate each time I saw you. But enough of me talking. Uh, guests, can you please introduce yourselves? Uh, my name is Mara Moon. Um, I play bass. And sing. And sing. She sings. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, Mary Grace, and I am on the on drums and vocals as well. I am Kia, and I am on keys and vocals. My name is Evan, and I play guitar and backup harmonies. And as a collective, what is your name? We are Zinnia's Garden. (laughs) Zinnia's Garden is in the building. I appreciate you guys for taking out the time um, uh, for being on the Cool Hand podcast. And we have a lot to talk about, so... Uh, Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for welcoming uh, me and my my team. Shout out to (laughs) Crowded Places (laughs) on the side. So, Zania's Garden, you are a Pittsburgh-based band, or did you start somewhere else? We started in New Mexico, so now we are a Pittsburgh-based band, um, but we, me and Evan began writing our first album um under zinnia's garden in new mexico okay yeah we were living on the west mesa in taos new mexico and mary started writing some songs in her head and she was like hey evs like you want to try to compose some guitar to it and it was actually cool a lot of music's like in 432 or 440 and um she writes music in like her own frequency so i tuned the first album to like the frequency she was singing in, which gave it that really like dark, rich flavor. And that was so much of our surrounding, you know, the mountains, the vast landscape, just what a beautiful place. And then we moved into our van, made it here to Pittsburgh, and we cut our first album at Mr. Small's recording studio on the north side with Nate Campisi. And then after that, we were like, I don't know, we want to start like a band, we want to play. And so... Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so, okay. So, neither of you are from Pittsburgh. We both have roots here. So, I had lived here. Actually, we both had lived here prior to me living in New Mexico at the same time, but we didn't know each other. Gotcha. So, um, my sister has moved now, but my family, my mom's family's from here, and his uncle and sister and family is here. So, um, we consider ourselves like we spent a good portion of both of our like growing up here in Pittsburgh but not necessarily yeah from here what a love story they're married by the way if you guys don't know Um, (laughs) (laughs) so uh what a love story okay well that's that's good to know so uh you guys started recording and your first album as Zania's Garden was released in 2022 Mm -hmm. Death by Design yes Mm -hmm. okay and as Evan mentioned a little bit earlier it does have a a darkish feel to it yeah I mean it's like still like I consider that still pandemic times Mm -hmm. it was still the backlash of pandemic times it was a dark space you know and like personally for me living in 
New Mexico, it's very, it's very different than it, how it is here. And like the vibration is very different and the way that I, I was working in service, so I was interacting with people all day, every day. And now when I look back at that album, I definitely think like I was going through stuff. But, um, you know, I think I think that was just part of living in that time and with personal things going on in my own life. And yeah, so I'm excited now that we are not making as dark of music, but it still comes out sometimes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> No, music reflects life, so and things that yes. people are going through. Yes. Now, um, if you haven't checked out Death by Design, it's available on all platforms. But uh, on January first, or was it December thirty first of twenty twenty three? Whatever, <laughs> New Year's Eve day, whatever you want to call it. You guys debuted or debuted? I think mm-hmm. that's the correct terminology. Yeah. Debuted a new song um, called Purple Portal Dream, yeah. and I don't want to give my own personal opinion uh, too much. But it's explosive. It is. Aww. It has a nice change of pace, shift of gears. I love it. But can you talk about Purple Portal Dream and uh, its significance? Yeah, you want to touch on that? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I Purple Portal Dream. It feels very special because it feels like us and the journey that we're on. It's almost like we're, it feels like we're in a movie sometimes and how incredible that this experience feels very aligned and purposeful and intentional. And Purple Portal Dream is just the story of us literally doing what we love to do and going on adventures together. And um, it was a trip to uh, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we had taken to go see Ila Bamba. And we went camping um, and stayed at a campsite when we were there. <clears throat> and it was just a really, really inspirational experience. And I think that brought a lot of influence into the song, like with the spiral shell and everything. Like yeah, we, we found us. Go ahead. You can, yeah. Uh, yeah, this random <laughs> shell in the middle of the woods. And we're like what is this about? And so we're always looking for those hidden meanings, I guess, in life. And uh, to touch on that, I mean, like, the journey of, yeah, being best friends first and, like, creating this really cool relationship, like, band aside, you know, allows us the opportunity to, like, spend time together where I I think a lot of other bands, they just have to put up with each other, but we really enjoy our space. And on that trip, we had, like, journey to Washington DC to see Ila Bamba and then tried to manifest the opportunity to like to play with them and then later on I mean this last year we got we had the opportunity to open for them here in Pittsburgh and it's just like full alignment like all the stars are like really shining on this band and we're just so blessed and lucky to like have such like good influences and to put out music from our souls it's important it really does seem like you guys are taking things up a notch. Uh, you have some media appearances. I get the privilege to talk to you guys. And with Purple Portal Dream, I really think it, uh, it, it, it is a great representation of where you as a band are going. Yeah. It, it, it seems to be looking up for uh, Zania's Garden. So you mentioned, yes. you mentioned the organic relationship that you guys have with each other. And um, at the last show that... I saw you at, I got to talk to uh, your manager. She said that you, like uh, the relationship, how it 
became uh, or how it began and how organic it was. So how does a married couple uh, coming back to Pittsburgh end up with Mara and Kia and you all happen to make music mm-hmm. and get along? So how did this relationship <laughs> begin? Mara, you want to tell the story of Thunderbird? Yeah, so... Um I actually met uh, Evan and Mary. They were playing at um, Thunderbird Music Hall, where I work, um, doing like a little acoustic kind of thing as a duo. And I was like helping them sound check. And they were playing a Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. That's like my favorite song, and I know every word too. So as I'm like helping them set up, I'm like harmonizing with Mary as she's like testing the mic. And they were like, oh, oh, like, do you want to come sing with us and i was like i mean yeah and then we were like yeah we should we should hang out and like make music um so yeah that's that's how i met them yeah you had also spent time in new mexico i had yeah i was like we got to talking and we had so much in common and i was like my god you play instruments (laughs) and she was like i play the bass and guitar and i sing and i was like oh my god have you ever thought about being in a van she was like actually yeah (laughs) and then like there was just pieces i don't know you gotta tell your story too like yeah so i'm a dog walker and mary grace had come into the company and we were training and i have always wanted to be in a band like ever since i was little like singing jojo in the mirror and everything but it just never happened (laughs) you know and then i was on my journey and i met mary grace and i remember her you were talking about death by design and you're like yes like me and my husband were working on this and in my head i was like "Hmm, maybe they need like a backup singer or something like just like dreaming in my head and Mm -hmm. then One day at a Halloween party, met Evan, and it was like, oh, so let's talk about this band stuff. And then I get thrown onto the keys. Evan's like, here, like, try this. And then next thing I know, I'm playing keys, and I'm in the band, and I met Mara. We went to see her dad's show at the Thunderbird. Yeah, I, uh, so we had, we had all kind of been talking. Like, I knew that you were playing with them, and it was kind of like, they were like, yeah, we're looking for a bassist, and I normally play guitar. Um, but I picked up the bass kind of like during the pandemic, it was like my little project. And I was like, well, I just started playing bass. Like that's, you know, that works out pretty well. Um, and then I played a show with my dad and they came to see me and that was the first time I met Kia. And then I think the three of us that night were like, yeah, like this seems really fun and like something we need to do. Yeah. Interesting. Now, Kia, were you said you kind of got... Did you get thrown onto the keys, or did you always have... She writes songs on keyboard. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. Well, like, in my... it's I did musical theater, so I knew, like, chords, but I'm not, like, a player. You know what I mean? And Evan was like, oh, like, try playing. And then it just, like, kind of launched into something. Like, I was thinking maybe I'd just, like, do some singing stuff and writing. (laughs) And then he's like, try out these keys. And I'm like, here we go. Yes, we're on it. So Well, we all kind of did because, like, I had been, like, dabbling on drums and I was, like, playing drums. Sorry. I was playing drums. (laughs) Thanks, Mara. You're welcome. (laughs) I was playing drums as, like, a filler until we found a drummer for a while. And then Kia was like, oh, I'll just play keys for now until we find more people. And then we realized, like, why would we go find more people? We should just probably, like, learn how to play these instruments and play them and sing at the same time, mm-hmm. which is now what we do. So. And this has been, like, just the past year. Like, yeah. Kia said she, like, 
was dabbling she knows full chord yeah. compositions just like like i don't even know like what the notes are i'm playing mm-hmm. but like she's like oh yeah e, e flat da, 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 da. i'm like dang <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just been a beautiful like organic like blossom and everyone has exceeded the boundaries of music in my eyes like we can tight we can play a song and make it tight and they're singing and playing at the same time it's no easy feat all the musicians in the world know that like how hard it is to have four limb independence and remember all your lyrics and harmonize with your bandmates it's it's a whole nother level and yeah i'm really proud of everyone for taking that on because I mean, I can't see the band any different now. I don't want a different drummer. You know, I don't want a different keyboard player, different bass player. We have everything that we need as a band, like all sitting right here. So, I was going to say too, I think it's been really interesting because the three of us have been like learning our instruments together. And I think that is why like each show is kind of getting better and better because like we're also like learning in the progress of like, all of our practices and you know like we're still pretty like new to like our respective instruments so like i don't know it just feels cool to like kind of be on like this journey together of like learning how to play yeah i would have never guessed this is news to me i would have never guessed uh you guys were kind of new to your respective instruments um when i first saw you you were on the drums, you know, throwing up the, you know, rock star, you know, like I, you're over there spinning around on the keys. Like, like I'm I, so glad you caught that. I would have never guessed. So that that's an amazing story. And um, it's, this is a pretty cool journey that you guys are going on. So Zania's Garden. Um, I am ignorant. So I had to uh, look up Zania's Garden. And um, you also get results for Zania's garden. Yeah. So uh, how did? So it is a flower. It is a. Yeah. So how did this name come about? Um, are you guys? Do you have a green thumb? What's uh, What's the backstory on oh. the name? Well, I think we actually all do have a green we thumb, which plants. is another thing that is really cool. Plants. But when the name originated, I think um, personally, I was really enticed by the idea of a space where things could grow. Like I always knew that I wanted to be a part of a musical project that was um, based on growth and based on collaboration and based on communication, based on all the things that I think can really lack in the industry, in especially band settings. And so I was like, okay, what's the best place to grow something? And we were like, oh, the garden. A garden's a great place to grow things. And Zinnia is kind of also... Uh, it's been used as a name as well as the flower and I really wanted to pick something that was powerful and strong like I really like the letter Z I think it's like really intense but also very feminine and so it's kind of like I have described it as like Zinnia's garden is like for us or at least like for me it's like a place that exists it's like a place that we imagine ourselves in in the future and and what we try to bring listeners into is Zinnia's garden. Like it's an experience for us, and but it's very feminine. It's very earthy. I have a Zinnia's garden uh, merch, uh, and it's you know I didn't wear it. It's kind of cold. And it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> it's long sleeve weather, but um, I, I like the merch too. And I do want to mention this: uh, 
that your merch was uh, printed or screen printed on vintage clothing pieces. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, that's, I just wanted to throw that in there because if you do go to a Zania's Garden show, there is a lot of things that are available um, at the merch table. And I kind of want to just quickly transition yeah. into what you guys offer because uh, you are all creative in, in different ways. Uh, we know musically, but when we go to a Zania's Garden show, we're going to see some merch. We're going to see the vintage pieces, but we're also going to see something else as in pieces of jewelry. So uh, can we talk on that quickly as well? Heck yeah. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I started working with resin during COVID. It started as just like a self project mm-hmm. and I find it so beautiful to be able to I've always liked working with nature and crystals and everything and I feel like that really aligns with us and so being able to like put the jewelry out is I don't know it's so special feels yeah we get to offer something at the merch table that's not only made by us but to to maybe an audience of people who didn't don't resonate with normal merch like you know i i think there's something for a little bit of something for everyone at our table Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we try to make it to like personalize like like we're not here to please everybody we want to make that very clear we're here to make music that resonates with us and hopefully some other people who need to hear certain messages and and get some cool stuff mm-hmm. and to specify <laughs> kia uses the resin and she drops different crystals and different earth items into it and creates earrings and ashtrays and all types of different pendulums, pendulums and different mediums um and it's absolutely gorgeous it's some of the coolest stuff i've ever seen like if i had my ears pierced i'd have them on right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah my wife got a got a pair of earrings um at one of our at one of the shows one of the shows we went to um so you kind of mentioned something mary grace that i kind of want to transition into as well uh because you make music that you guys want to hear of course the people benefit from it as well but this music is going to reflect what you guys want to want it to reflect so where does your inspiration come from how would you describe your sound Hmm. two-part question would anyone have any ideas do you have ideas i'll kick it off i think originally inspiration wise we really try to riff with each other when we're creating music we jam a lot together and just kind of we all listen to different genres of music Mm -hmm. too i mean there are genres that are musicians that we all love as a unit but i think generally speaking if you were to look at all of our playlists they'd look wildly different (laughs) and it's cool because maybe mara will bring in a bass line one day and we'll just jam on that bass line or evan will bring in a guitar riff and we'll jam on that and i think our inspirations um, for creating music together are to try to lift one another's songs up. So Purple Portal is incredible in its own like uplifting way. And our next single is a song written by Mara. And it has a really, it's different. It's got a different vibe. It's going to be something different. Like people are not going to expect this, I think, from us. Maybe they will. I don't know. But... <laughs> Um, it's fun. It's like, (laughs) we had a lot of fun doing it. And 
I mean, that was written back in like 2012, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say too, like, like right now, a lot of our stuff, like Purple Portal, we wrote kind of like collectively, but then there were other like songs that like I had written individually and like Kia had written that like we kind of brought to the group. And I think like because of that, like we're, we're very like genre bending. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really cool because it's like we just kind of write like what's naturally like coming to us rather than being like, oh, we want to have this like specific sound or like we want to be this specific band. I think it's just kind of like more natural and it's just sort of like whatever comes out and what we have fun with. Um, uh, the inspirations and uh, what describes your sound, or how would you describe your sound? We get so we get so many things. I feel like it's really hard to describe because it, the sound is so expansive. People have called us like what? Like we go with ethereal rock or rock ter- pretty, rock pretty, <laughs> maybe dream rock. I don't know. That could be fun. Yeah, I like rock I pretty. Yeah, sounds amazing. You just yeah. said that in there. <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's the vibe. I mean, like, pretty. Yeah, we're, like we're Ma- making it a genre. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Mara was saying. I mean, there's so many different aspects to our music, and you know, we're a new band, and we're finding all these different avenues. And I think we like to conceptualize when it comes to songs, and like, there's purple portal there's i want to believe and then there's break free these are our next three singles and they all have components of our rock pretty element but at the same time they're very expansive in our like mental capacity because we write about stuff that we actually feel and i think that's like what what we're trying to portray as a band is like our vibe and like our feeling and you know, we're not trying to be something that we're not. Like, if, if you don't like it, that's a, it's okay. It doesn't have to be for you. There might be an album down the road that's geared directly yeah. towards something you like because we're going to experiment. Stick and around long enough and you might like <laughs> something eventually. <laughs> no, but I think personally everything that we've created, it's, it's very, very fine-tuned to this group of four people. And I am just ecstatic to see what comes out of us in the next 10 years. It's going to be like, it's just a beautiful musical adventure. Your next album coming in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, can you say the name of the album, please? One, two, oh my gosh. three. Paragon. Paragon. <laughs> <laughs> I had it written down, but since that's not a word that I use every day, I'm like, let me have them say it. Yeah. I mean, so I don't you know mess it up when i say it let's see so okay so paragon coming 2024 and um do we have an idea of when we can expect it i don't think so yeah i mean spring spring. tentative spring spring summer yeah Yeah. spring summer early summer yeah spring summer early summer we have a song now uh my friend and i got the privilege again to uh preview um an upcoming single and that was i want to believe now mm-hmm. is that the song that you wrote in 2012 yeah okay so uh can i have you talk about that song a little bit sure. and uh what what was going on in 2012 and how is it relevant today <laughs> yeah um well so i wrote <laughs> that yeah i was uh i was living in philly at the time and it was like 2012 you know december 
12, 20, 12, or whatever it was, like everyone was like freaking out and was like, the rapture's coming, That's the world right. is gonna end, whatever. <laughs> and I remember like, I was in Rittenhouse Square, like this big park, and these people were like literally like waiting there for the rapture. Like it was like something was like gonna come and take them, and of course it didn't. And they were all afterwards, like I just watched them be like, oh, okay, well, uh, I guess we were wrong about that. And it's like, it's kind of like, oh, if you're wrong about that, I wonder like what else you might not be correct about, you know, and your like personal beliefs or whatever. But um, so the lyrics had kind of started there. And then I think too, like uh, just, you know, I feel like those themes of like apocalyptic type of events, like kind of started to come back around and uh, so yeah, I kind of just was like taking those lyrics and like putting them into like the context of my life now. So presenting the song uh, to the band, is it something that was easy? Like, hey guys, I have this song that uh, I wrote a little while ago. You interested? So how did, you know, was it a song like, or just lyrics written, maybe, you know, a rough draft? Yeah, it was like literally a voice note that like I had on my phone and I think that is like a really great thing is like it it wasn't hard to like be like hey like I don't know I had this idea like let me share it with you guys and like I don't really know if it's like good or not like let me know what you think and I think being able to like have that kind of like environment where like we can kind of like bring stuff to the table and not feel like self-conscious about that is like super important for like just having like a creative flow with everybody. And it's incredible because like they took this little voice note and like turned my song into this like epic, epic song. Um, so it's super cool to like hear the way that like they interpreted the song as well. That's beautiful. Um, the one thing that I would like to add in uh, when I saw you guys at Thunderbird when uh, you opened for E La Bamba. One thing that I noticed was uh, Evan giving you props. I think I don't know if there was another song that you wrote for the band, but um, a recurring theme that I'm noticing with you guys, which is giving credit to your friendship, you all have uh, a time to shine when you're performing. And I really, really, really noticed that um, on uh, January 1st, that concert then. And... Uh, this leads into the question, what is it like working with each other? And I know we all, you all kind of alluded to, you know, a nice environment, but uh, what is it like working with each other, the environment that you like to uh, encourage or produce uh, so you can just all gel together as a band? Thank you. Um, I think that we all love each other <laughs> a lot. Um, embrace each other's individuality and see it as a strength, um, can come together, have challenging conversations, and grow. We're always, um, we stay on the same page with each other. We're constantly checking in. It's literally, I want to say like, my healthiest relationship with my dad. Like, it's so good, and it's like showing me so much, and I think we all have a lot of fun, and can really be our most authentic selves. And I think that's one thing that's very important yeah. to us. Can I say something? Yeah. We make sure to really communicate with one another and like hold space for communication. And like, it is a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like it's no, it's not easy every day. Most days we have to like, 
it, we have to be in communication with each other almost 24-7 because we're together so much and we are grinding right now and we're really like, we want, every single one of us was missing this in, in their life. And I'm, I hope that's not overstepping to speak no. that. But, um, so we really want to make it work. And I think that makes a lot of the difference is every single one of us wants to make it work and we hold space to, they, they come to our space, we practice here. And, like, you know, we try to make it a space that feels like they can they can stay here. They can, we can all be here in a space together that's safe. So, most importantly. Healthiest band dynamic I've ever seen. Bands are the most unhealthy thing, naturally. <laughs> and this has just been amazing. I'm, I'm really thankful for you guys and your communication. Oh, so, you love you guys so much. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So you mentioned the individuality and you all have different tastes and all of these things uh, go into Zania's Garden's music. Uh, so let's just go down the line. Let's uh, start from Evan tomorrow uh, about some of the music that you all uh, just like as individuals and what contributes to your own personal taste. So uh, Evan, who do you listen to? Who do you like? Who inspires you? So on and so forth. Um, I really like like heavy, dark rock and roll. I'm really into Pink Floyd. I like psychedelic underground music. Um, those are the things that influence me. Obviously, being a guitar player, I love the sound of guitars, guitar tones, amps, producing, all that type of stuff. And I'm most enthralled with just trying to be a rocker i guess i mean i like can't fake the funk i turn up my stereo as loud as it can and listen to like slayer and like heavy thrash metal and i just love it i don't know there's something about it and i mean obviously i listen to every other genre as well but that's like what really resonates with me high velocity guitar pedals he'd be skateboarding too y'all yeah. there's anybody who who doesn't know zania's yeah. garden um he'd be skateboarding like yeah. crazy yeah like yeah <laughs> so, and i think part of being a skateboarder too is just having that like really high energy intensity so that you can get over your fear of trying to accomplish whatever you're whatever you're skating because it's scary and you can get hurt really easily and so like getting pumped up and like doing that and I mean me and my sister and my dad used to do stuff like that too we just listen to Power Man 5000 and then go to the racetrack and ride our bikes and like so it's been like ingrained in me you know yeah the degree of difficulty of uh some of that stuff I'll be seeing you doing is insane insane. Mm -hmm. so uh yeah I'll leave it (laughs) you're 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 pretty talented I'll I'll give you that thank you so Uh, much (laughs) So, uh, yeah, let's let's keep it going down. This is always so tricky for me. Uh, I if you look at my playlist, I feel like they have all sorts of music. Um, I listen to a lot of I would say like India, Re, Nora Jones, my mom brought to me um, a lot of like global music, too. But I'd be listening to the oldies with my dad and then musical theater. So I love a ballad and some drama. And um, I don't know. It's just I think there's something to appreciate from each genre. So it's really hard for me to, I think, be specific with it because I just love music. 
Just love it. Just love it. Is that okay answer? No, no, that's a great answer. Like, I I think even as broad as an answer that you gave, it was still specific. When you say global, India Ari, Nora Jones, and then you, you know, tap in with your pops with the the old school. And I think, although general, I, I, I find something specific in it. So. Same, yeah. <laughs> oh, mine's gonna be general too, though. I will. I think. I think more specifically, like artists like Ila Bamba is my favorite band of all time. But I, I think something that draws me to like albums, whole albums of music, um, is like pe- hearing people's um, ability to tap into their authenticity. So I really like listening to m- musicians that. I like don't think that you can't put a, uh, a finger on what they sound like because they're tapping into their genuinity, right? So like that's something I try to always like when I'm listening to music, if I don't like it or if I'm maybe not the kind of person who would listen to it every day, try to see the appreciation in it and then move on from it. But I almost exclusively listen to jazz right now and that is so strange because I've never (laughs) exclusively listened to jazz but I'm on a jazz kick Um, and we have a lot of incredible jazz musicians in Pittsburgh and so that's been really cool like we've gotten to see some incredible jazz music here and just trying to tap into like what's here in Pittsburgh we see a lot of live music at the Thunderbird that now I'm like oh my gosh Indigo D'Souza's coming to Thunderbird so just all kind of cool stuff like genuine music got it um, I'm definitely a sucker for anything female fronted, <laughs> I must say. Um, and like lyrically focused as well. Like I love Courtney Barnett is like a huge influence of mine. Cat Power. Um, we were playing a little bit of Chelsea Wolf this morning. Um, we're all like really obsessed with the new Blonde Shell album right now. So good. Um, yeah. So anything that kind of has like a strong like female like fronted kind of vibe. Um, Pale Hound is another like favorite. Um, and then I kind of, I grew up listening to a lot of like um, early like punk rock. Like my dad was in like a punk band. Okay. Um, so like The Clash and like stuff like that. I'm like definitely very like drawn to as well. Okay. So so a mix of a mix of a lot of different things. Everything. Mix, and I, I love it. I love the the variety that you guys bring to the table and then, you know, put together as a collective. Now. Making an album is not easy. Um, It's not easy. There's a lot that goes into it. And especially for a band that bass, keys, vocals, all of this. What is the recording process like? Well, (laughs) (laughs) he's he's Mr. Recording Studio. He loves it. I'm obsessed. The rest of us are kind of like, "Hmm, recording. It's an interesting process, and I feel like Evan will say the nicer things about it. So as a band, our kind of like approach to recording is we track live together, and then we get a really good bed track, our drums, our bass, our keys, our rhythm guitar, and then we'll overdub our vocal lines and our harmonies, and that's basically it when it comes down to like using really good preamps and really good gear that's what you're hearing and i think that's what's enticing for the human ear um but 
the music speaks to the soul. So like the writing process is like the way that we can connect to your soul and then the actual engineering uh, mechanics. I work directly with Nate Campisi on the sounds and those are the things that are enticing for your ears. So in combination, that's how you make music that resonates and it it really comes down to the songs. If you have a bad song, it's going to be a bad song. If you have a good song, it's going to resonate. It's going to feel good regardless of how it's recorded. But I do obsess constantly over getting really good tones, making sure that like everything's really in tune with each other, like even the drums and everything. Like we we focus a lot on the frequencies of the music. Um, to touch on it, it's called logarithmics. That's the spectrum of sound that your entire body can pick up from the highs all the way to the lows. And you need to address all of them or else you're going to have gaps in your music. And you don't want gaps in your music because then the listener doesn't have something to grab onto. Um, so that's basically like the broad recording style of Zinnius Garden and we obviously as well will experiment with more different styles in the future, like recording in a cabin and recording remotely, maybe recording in different places and getting different feels that way. Every room has a different sound and resonance to it. So as of now, we've got to record our first album and our singles in one room specifically. So it's going to have a consistent sound but I'm really interested to, to hear Mary's drums in a concrete room, a bass cabinet mic'd from across the room. So these are like the experimental aspects of things that we can try to push for as a band. And I think that's what's cool and that, that'll separate us from other bands because that's the best part about recording. I think we love playing live though. Like true like that's like what our where our hearts patience. lie is like performing live and recording takes so much patience yeah and, and listening to it over and over <laughs> like, yeah. i was gonna say too we we recorded um like all of the tracks live in the same room together um like the instrumentation of it um which like i had a lot of fun with because it just felt like yeah we were like really comfortable and like in our practice space almost and kind of just like laid down like really good like bass tracks for all of them and and then I think too like some other like stuff started coming up as you're like listening to the same song over and over again you start hearing new harmonies and like new parts and so like a little bit of writing started like coming in while we were recording too which I thought was like really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that definitely pushed our songs in really cool directions, like lyrically and harmony-wise. There's like some new things that we've explored oh, yeah. that have really taken this, these first two singles to the next level for yeah. us. So yeah. All right. Great questions, by the way. Yeah. Oh, sure. <clears throat> so I, I want to spend a little more time on the recording process because you like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mentioned patience. <laughs> so just, you know, we have some pros and just what are some some of the cons that come with the recording process? Because when you listen to Death by Design and when you eventually listen to Paragon, this is what goes into it. It's not a this isn't I'm sure everybody knows this, but it's not a one take process. It's not a. So it's let's a labor of love. Labor of love. <laughs> let's talk about the labor of love and the patience that you have to 
that you have to display while recording? I think for me personally, I have, um, I was like that kid in school that really struggled to like be still and be cool and quiet and like, so it's that part of it is you're in the studio and it's long hours and you're you're focused and you're in and you're 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 you have to be because it's every like you said every little sound counts every little decision counts and you know there are little things when you're listening to a song you don't even know that somebody spent five hours putting that swell in there and making it sound the way that it did and and um, that's just for me where the patience has come in and it's a lot of good discipline for me personally (laughs) Um, we do a lot of things as a group especially the three of us where we'll bring in like fabric and candles and blankets blankets (laughs) oh and we're always got the snacks we got snacks always Always. like a full spread of snacks and we just try to make it like fun when it's maybe not the most tedious sometimes yeah tedious it's not that it's not fun it's just yeah tedious we're keeping it real here you know you're you're making you're making your music but not all of it is uh you know peaches and candles and you know it's Mm -hmm. just not peaches i don't know what i want to say peaches and cream (laughs) but i feel like that has like a peaches and candles yeah Yeah, it's not all peaches and candles no it's really not That's a great title for this episode. Yeah, Peaches and Candles. Garden. A great Perfect. future song title. <laughs> I love it. All right, so uh, let's talk about the engineering side uh, because the the recording side is is a lot. You want to make sure you're not clipping. You want to make sure you're yeah. satisfied with your takes and so on and so forth. So how important is engineering to you guys huge very it's Mm -hmm. hugely important production is something we're learning and he has experience with and we're very grateful to nate campisi who has great production skills and communication skills but the engineering side of it is hugely important for us we want to give when we send our songs to radio stations and when we send our songs to people we want 100 percent for them to feel like we put in the effort that they should play those songs you know but then authentically being where we're at and not over polishing stuff i mean if there's a good balance it's like you can fix every little thing and make your sound sound perfect but then when you play it live it's not going to be perfect so you want to record it the way that you are and i think that's where our live recording together is really strong for our project for for death by design me and mary had recorded most of it in my sister's basement right up the road and then we brought it into the studio got our eq levels correct and then pat coyle came in and tracked drums on it and that was a really cool experience because it started to get our timbre me and mary's timbre of how we work in the studio together and we made it out alive and it was it was a great experience the album came out amazing um and then now the same exact style of thing is happening a year later where us as a band we're trying to feel our timbre in the production and it is long hours it does take a lot of time and effort and focus and 
Honestly, if I didn't have them in the studio, I would go crazy too. Even dogs. We get to bring our dogs. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to Mr. Small's recording studio for letting us bring our dogs. (laughs) And so these little things, they just mean so much when you're spending 12 hours looking at a computer screen and trying to decode the fabrics of music itself and then having all the opportunities in the world to turn your song into whatever you want. It's just like, the, you need to create limitations and boundaries for yourself so that you don't go on this crazy tangent and then have to re-record a song, which we've done too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say too like having like not only like is the engineering process really important but like the engineer as well and like being able to like work with somebody that like you feel comfortable around that like gets what you're going for and like understands the concept and I mean there are even like some harmony suggestions that like Nate had given us that like totally changed a song and that so we cool. started incorporating to like our live performances of it as well so like i think that was a really cool experience like getting to work with nate gotcha shout out to nate yeah if you're watching shout out nate appreciate couldn't have done it without you (laughs) (laughs) so you did mention a little bit earlier we we covered uh the recording sessions but you did mention that you prefer live and i love seeing live performances specifically bands um, to see all the moving pieces. So um, what is it like uh, preparing uh, for a show? If you eventually go on tour, what is that like? Because I know that has to be just as long in terms of the time that you put in to perfect a performance. Uh, can you give us an overview of what you do to prepare uh, for a live performance? <laughs> Uh, we practice a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We practice a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. It like in that room, or am I? We talking about like tearing everything down, like trying to come up with our stage vibe, like what we want on stage, and then we pack it all into the van, mm-hmm. and then we got to eat food too. So we're like eh, having some meals, cooking some meals in between that, and then go into the place, unload, think about merch, think about what. Like it's, we have to like design almost like how we're going to attack the night, Mm -hmm. I feel. We do it, like I I sing on the drums, so we try to have our stage plot. Every time we play, we don't get to have that. And that's, you know, part part of the business. But when we do get to have that, where we're all up front and center and like, it's a lot of preparation to like, sometimes I'll like, they'll like laugh at me. I'll like turn the light on right on me when we're practicing because it's like it, that kind of thing you don't get in your normal life, you know? Like I'm just looking at you in your eyes and it's normal lighting in here, but like if I, that light was like blaring right at me and I had to pers- like persuade you the emotion of whatever song I'm singing, it's it takes a lot of like, um, yeah, I have a lot of respect. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A lot of respect for people who play like gigantic stadiums and and have a lot of eyes on them. I think that we all, after shows, get really tired. Mm-hmm. We we're learning how to balance life outside of playing live. It's it's very much a um, 
it's part of the whole process that you don't see, you know what I mean? When you see the bands that you love, it's exhausting to come home at the end of it and have been given yourself to, to so many eyes and luckily so many open hearts. Like, we really do get really lucky. Like, our crowds thus far have been extremely receptive and kind and, mm-hmm. like, you know, I hope that continues for us. And But, yeah, you give a piece of yourself and then you have to kind of, like, get it back and, like, grow it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We try to help each other get through that. And sometimes we don't talk to each other for like a week after we play a show. <laughs> like, good night. Yeah. <laughs> no goodbyes. And then we'll be like, hey, dot, dot, dot in the group chat. <laughs> it's good. So how does it feel up there when uh, when you're playing live? Now, I know that there's lights. Uh, I was talking to Mary Grace at the last show, and she said she couldn't see because she's in the back playing the drums, and there's lights and everything. So, what is it like up there playing live? And I just want to throw in at the uh, at one of the shows, Evan mentioned he's like, "Oh yeah, I saw you not in your head," and that's not something that I was thinking about. You guys seeing us versus me watching <laughs> you. So, what's going through your minds when you're up there on stage? Um. Funny enough, actually, I remember you and your wife <laughs> at the Say She She show. And, like, that was a show that I was, like, really, really nervous about for whatever reason. And I remember, like, seeing you guys kind of up front, like, vibing out. And, like, that to me, like, to be able to, like, like feed off of that a little bit, like, made me feel so much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, like, you might not have even realized it. And then I <clears throat> saw you guys at our next show, and I was like, wait. I know you two. Like, you two, like, grounded me at, like, my last wow. show. Um, yeah, so thank you guys for, like, doing that. But it is, like, really important to, like, um, you know, be able to, like, connect with the audience. And I think for us, too, like, our stage plot is, like, really different because we have a drummer that sings. And we all, like, we don't really have, like, a lead singer. We all kind of, like, take that on. So I think, like, our stage plot and our stage presence is, like, really different from other bands because of that yeah very much so i think it's limiting sometimes in this industry having the drummer in the back i mean mary sings songs and like she wants to connect with the crowd it's not like it's a give and take you know just like mara saying like same thing i was feeding off you guys feeding off us and it's you have to give it and receive it. It's like this ebb and flow. It's live. It, it's happening. It's growing right in front of you. And it's that's the experience. And I think when we're working in our band space to create these experiences, we can only conceptualize so much until you get in the room and each person has like a different give and a give different take and if the crowd's feed, feeding it we get more fired up oh my gosh we got to do a riot girls tribute show mm-hmm. where we're in hope that's really sorry oh my gosh i'm so sorry hopefully we can cut that out jesus oh i love it okay fantastic yeah we got to do a Riot Girls tribute show where um, we were playing songs from the band Hole, and the whole audience was singing them back to us, which uh, we're very fresh on the scene. Nobody really knows our song lyrics except for Evan's sister. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, having everyone sing the lyrics back to us was 
it was insane. Like, I think the energy, we didn't know what to do with ourselves on <laughs> yeah, stage. Me crazy. and Evan both started saying stuff that we never <laughs> we say on stage. Like, sing it with us, even though they already were. We yeah, were like, like, we're like what is going on? Like, we're reacting. We, so that was, that was huge <clears throat> because that kind of interaction, now, like, now we all understood, like, when you get to that point and you have that level of, like, we're vibing. There's a crowd of people and we're on stage and we're vibing and we're singing together. It's like nothing else. Mm. It's really crazy. <laughs> it was a good taste. That's 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 awesome. It's really nice cuz and thank you for your perspectives as well because that's something that I would never know just how the artist is feeling up there. Um I remember there was one show in Ohio, the most disrespectful crowd. And not in the way like they're booing or anything. They were just talking. I was thinking, shut up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm also thinking about, you know, I have a heart. I'm thinking about the person up there. Like, I don't want anybody talking through my performance if I'm if I'm an, a musician and up there on stage. So uh, be respectful. Let's throw this in there because now I'm fired up. Just yeah. thinking about it. Um, what, what's some good fan etiquette, some crowd etiquette that Ooh. people can apply? <clears throat> I really love when people are like responsive to us when we banter because we have all struggled with banter. Like, you know, the in-between, like, how you guys doing out there thing. <laughs> when there's like a crowd that is really like, they like interact with us. It makes it so much better. And it's attentiveness, like you're saying. Attentiveness is huge and respect and it's Respect and attentiveness when you're going out is not always easy when you've had alcohol. I get it. Um, and, yeah, that's just what makes me feel good. I don't know about y'all. I love when people try to sing along to songs they don't know. That's really good. Um, dancing out of place, definitely a great move. Um, yeah, tipping your bartenders really well. That's great crowd oh, yeah. etiquette. Um Going to the front of the stage, yeah. not leaving a huge hole in the room, allows you and the artist, Kayla do that really well. Allows the artist to really like connect with their mm-hmm. people that we are playing for. It makes sense, right? Right. In your mind, and when you're in the room, people are just so timid and scared. And I think like um, head banging is one of them. <laughs> just giving a little bit of this. Um, I think we've all been victim of doing the thing where you're talking over an artist. And I think we all, like, we definitely, we're learning how to be audience members now as performers as well. And I think I've learned a lot about being an audience member from being a performer and growing inside of that. And, like, I hope that, you know, people, if if they're in the audience, being like, man, I wish I I could do that. I hope that they do. Mm -hmm. I hope that they, like gain that little bit of courage to go to an open mic and do it and see what it feels like to be on stage and it will help it will help you grow as a listener and as a performer in all kinds of cool ways oh yeah that's like where we started was just like going for it and like there's no other way to like live is you gotta try Mm -hmm. if you don't try then you're just gonna be stuck where you're at and we have so much as humans to offer each other and just putting forth an effort is half of the battle and it is not easy. I mean, I know a lot of us come from really crazy places and we have a lot of stuff and finding a way, <clears throat> finding a way to express yourself in front of other people is really vulnerable. But 
you might help that person. You might, you know, give them the opportunity to live better than they ever have. And yeah, I think we're all thankful for the opportunity to like have our songs be heard and to sing them and to like put them out there. And we take, we're taking that leap. We're still doing it by being in here right now. You know, it's not easy and it's awesome and scary. And <laughs> and not knowing everything is, a, is okay because it's the, I think learning with the process, like I think sometimes it's like, oh, well, I don't want to start this or try this because I've never done it before. But it is that act of just going for it that you learn and you grow into that. So I think like having a tough skin about it as well is like really important. Like even if people are talking over you, like you should still be, you know, giving that you know, 110% on stage and like playing like it's your best show no matter what. And then I think like if you emote that and maybe you don't have the audience's like attention at first, I think like by the end of the show you will, you know. I like that because um, this doesn't have to do too much with the audience, but more so when I hear feedback or uh, some type of mic issue or something with the, the chord on the guitar or bass, I get frustrated for <laughs> the performer. But nine times out of ten, whoever it happens to, they just play through it. Yeah. Me personally, and this is why I'm not in a band or make music, <laughs> me personally, if I hear a sound, I'm going to look around or maybe look at the guy in the back like... Like, what are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> but I don't, I don't see that from most bands... And you talking about the thick skin, uh, you need that. Yeah, and I think, too, like, even if, you know, you walk off stage and you're like, oh, I messed up that one part on that one song. Like, if you play it off, likely people are not going to notice the way that you do. So it's also just about kind of, like, being easy with yourself and just being like, oh, yeah, like, whatever. I'm just going to, like, jump right back in it. Right. You know? I love that. So winding down getting toward the end of things um but we still have a couple more things to talk about you all were on the radio purple portal dream um that was on the radio um what was that like what was that experience like hearing yourselves shout out to wip for promoting and premiering our single that was super cool I think we all cried. Yeah, <laughs> we all could not cried. stop crying. Like I was in this room. Crying. There's like a video of us. Like all we all sent a video to one another of all of us listening, and it was really cute because we all just like Evans just like crying, Kia's crying, I'm in my car like. <laughs> we were all just like Mara's like family came over to listen to it. Yeah, it was my nephew special. was like in the background. Like I was like, that's me, and he was like, what? Yeah, what an amazing experience to like, yeah, put all your heart and soul into like a single and then hear it come out to the world. It's like, wow. And the local Pittsburgh community was so receptive and sweet. Like it was mm. awesome to hear people like enjoy it and be like, oh, our coworkers were like, you're on the radio again. I'm like, dang, y'all listen to the radio. I, I got to get back into listening to yeah. the radio. Like, this is awesome. And to hear, like, some people call it an earworm. as just, like, so stoked on that. Mm. You know, that that's good, right? Yeah, I guess. I never heard of the term, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I think it's, like, when it gets stuck, stuck. in your head. Yeah. 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 
uh, um, at a time. Like yeah. everyone was like, oh, it's stuck in my head for days. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, yeah. It's <laughs> a it's a really good song. Like it's thank it you, is a really you. I think what's the term flagship standout. Um, it is th- that was a very good choice for a single. I personally enjoy it a lot. Like thank for real. You. Thank for real. you so I'm much. You. I'm just not flattering your, you guys. So, uh, what's next? What is next for Zania's Garden? Mm. We got some good things coming up. Really good um, stuff. We got single a coming up. Um, two singles coming up in the next four months. Um, two new uh, music videos coming out, and a uh, an album slash EP that we're going to be printing on vinyl. So, lots of live performances. Phoenix. We're going to Phoenix to play our first real like. Um, well, we're going to Morgantown and Phoenix for two out of state shows yeah we're opening for the spits which will be awesome yeah yeah hopefully just like continuous growth man that's what i would like for us we just filmed another music video as well which i'm not going to give too much away but it's going to be insane like (laughs) insane like it's going to be really crazy (laughs) it's a whole nother realm of like showing personality and um we're we're all really stoked we haven't even seen it we've just seen a couple clips and like when it gets put together like it's over (laughs) (laughs) all right zania's garden everybody any last words any shout outs appreciation uh, that Thank you, just you so wanted. much to Cool Hand Pod. Oh, Keep sure. listening. Thank yeah. you. Yes, seriously. Thank you. I didn't mean me, though. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> no, just lots of love. Thanks for having us. And thanks to your listeners. I hope they can resonate with something we said. <laughs> <laughs> and big shout out to Michael Paul Media for helping us with the Purple Portal oh, music yeah. video. Big shout out to Nate Campisi for helping engineer and golden mastering and ventura for the insane analog outboard gear which made the song what it is um got a groove got a groove for printing our first vinyl that they're out of cleveland and that's our team you know these are people that we're going to continue to work with and so yeah thank you all of you for being there for us when we need you (laughs) special shout out to our uh, soul family we have a great um, supportive group of friends and family um, that have had our backs mm-hmm. and give us energy to keep pushing too so yeah we couldn't have done it without them either so feeling lucky <laughs> beautiful Mara Mary Grace Kia Evan they are Zania's garden and this is the cool hand podcast something you got to deal with easy <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.